world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us JD and Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time we talked about the field abilities and assigned each elemental shard a specific ability it grants you in the overworld. And we made two Pokemon. A dark bug type Black Widow themed spider called Widower. And we made an electric eel slash Moray Magmore that's a fire electric type. Today, as we're closing in on the end of season one of Pokemakers, we're going to run through the plot of Pokemon North and South. And for that, we're going to be headed to Trainer's Choice. So we've given hints and little bits and details about the plot as we've made the characters, especially Team Ash. But we haven't really made anything solid. We keep mentioning, like, yeah. we'll figure that out at some point. This character, you meet them somewhere. And so we're going to get down into those details and yeah. talk about the general plot of the game. Some of the big notes points we've talked about a little bit more. And so some of those parts might be a bit more summary. Other yeah. parts are like, yeah, we haven't talked about this at all. So let's go through it. From the top, we know approximately how the games begin. In whichever town you're in, whether it's Red Beach or Oaksburg, You've lived there your whole life with your best friend character and the professor, either Fur or Fig, is moving to town and you go meet them at the nearby bus stop because mm -hmm. they're traveling to town and you help them out. They give you a Pokemon. You travel around that area for a bit. There's some encounters. You end up meeting the rival character. If you're playing Pokemon South and you start in the north, your best friend is Arthur and your rival is Amber. And the reverse is true if you're playing Pokemon North and you started in the south. Amber is your childhood best friend. Arthur will be your rival. Your rival is mad at you for getting first choice of the new Pokemon. So they take the one that would be strong against you. Yeah. Well, you and your best friend have already both taken your Pokemon by that point. The rival shows up later because they had to travel from the other end of the region right. to meet the professor. From there, you get acquainted with your Pokemon, you learn how to battle, yada yada. You go to the first gym, which is just outside of your starting town. They're not going to hold back on you, but they want you to succeed. But before you battle that gym leader, you have your first encounter with Team Astro. Right. The Astrolite Circus will be known thing in Ulsea. They are a source of entertainment. They're a traveling circus. Everyone's side of the circus. This is a very famous Ulsean circus. Mm -hmm. But they want to be bigger. They want to be the biggest thing in entertainment. The greatest show in Ulsea. When you arrive at the first gym location, you encounter some Team Astro characters. Yeah, there's definitely grunts there. You probably battle a few grunts. And I think you're going to battle an admin as well. The reason they're there is they want to buy out the gym. They want to take it over. And they're not trying to steal it, but they're being very rude and aggressive about it when they're not taking no for an answer yeah, when you when know, your family are clearly saying no this is ours we run this yeah this is a family business and we want to keep it that way so things get a little bit heated and mm. there's some battles <laughs> yeah which admin do you think we're going to encounter here and is it the same in Pokemon North and Pokemon South or is it a different character depending on your version I think to keep things simple for our sake I think maybe keep it the same character that you're meeting yeah either way so which member do you think is going to be that you meet here how about an extremely classic circus type? Uh-huh. I'm thinking Harlan. Yeah, I was looking at the list and thinking it's either Eon or Harlan, probably. Yeah. I think Harlan is great here. Especially as I think the first one you meet has got to be one who, of the bad ones who yes. remains loyal to Asta, no yes, matter what. Yes, the first one you meet has to be one of the actual bad guys. So you battle Harlan, who's being rude and aggressive, and then after the battle, Asta himself rocks up, the ringleader of the Astrolite Circus and the leader of Team Astro. Not that we know that part yet. We're <laughs> 
think. And he's here to smooth things over. Yeah, he's very apologetic for how rude his employees were, but he's very kind about it as well. To Harlan, he's like, Harlan, this isn't the way we operate. We're about bringing joy and happiness to people. We're not here to be rude. I'm terribly sorry for intruding on you. He's very charismatic. Yes. So after the first gym, you keep traveling for a bit. And then of course, from that point on, the encounter is going to start changing a little bit depending on which game you're playing. The plot itself will progress. You'll travel through various areas and gyms, a little bit of backtracking here and there. You can go in more or less whatever order you want. There's sections that you have to do before you can get to other sections, but it's not as linear as mm. some games tend to be. So I think one of the earliest encounters in Pokemon North is probably at the tar pits. Mm. The splatter pits. Yes. <laughs> there is a museum at the tar pits showcasing historic Pokemon and ancient prehistoric Pokemon that many of them are fossilized in the tar. And there's a museum there. Again, Team Astro wants to take over this museum. Once you defeat them, you get given the poison type elemental shard that allows you to traverse the tar safely. And you get the chance to then go and find your own fossils in the tar that you can then have revived at the museum. Yeah. And that encounter is more or less the same in either game. It's just in Pokemon North, it's an early one. So there's probably more grunts and it's a bit trickier in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. In Pokemon North, perhaps you get given the shard before you actually start exploring the area properly. You meet the museum curator before you go in perhaps so yeah, that you can travel yeah. it through it a bit more easily. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Who's that admin? <laughs> what if the admin here is Carter and we see him do a cartwheel over tar at some point? <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> just like, haha, can't catch me because you can't do this. And he just kind of like rolls away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say we're continuing north. Where would the next encounter be? Either going on from there or potentially even before that, you would end up in the Lavington Forest. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find a small group of grunts here and maybe going to battle just one or two of them, but not really even have big battles. Yeah. You see Team Astro in the forest and it seems like they're up to something, but you can't figure out what. They don't really want to fight you. They tell you that they're rehearsing for the circus. Yeah, there's a few people blockading an area, like a clearing or something, so you mm-hmm. can't get through. And but yeah. like, I don't think you need that much technological equipment to rehearse. It seems like you're looking for something. <laughs> it's real sketchy and you just sort of have to pass through. An encounter that will happen at about the same time through your game, regardless of which game you're playing. So probably somewhere around your second batch, you'll find your first Team Astro tent. Yes. Your first setting ground for where Team Astro are based. These could be at various points around the map. There's going to be at least seven tents. Yeah. I think the first one you encounter would be just outside of the second gym town. Sure. But this is your first major encounter with an as Astrolite Circus rather than Team Astro, where you get to take part in the Astrolite Circus sideshows. One of your rivals is particularly into the sideshows, so you'll find them here. When you come to these in the future, it'll be more like generic Pokemon contests or Mm -hmm. whatever. But the first time you're going through is a slightly more scripted event, kind of like the first time you go to the Pokestar Studios where you do the Riolu Man movie, or the first time you go to the Battle Royale place in Sun and Moon where you can do the four-way battles. Mm. It's like a tutorial event. Yeah. showing you what to expect from the sideshows moving forward. Yeah. Each tent is run by one of the admins, one of the performers of the circus. Mm-hmm. And the first one you encounter in either version would be Pyro. Yes. Pyro, who is performing, is arrogant and aggressive towards you. And after you've defeated Pyro, again, you'll encounter Aster here. Yes. And Aster is then the one who gives you the flying type elemental shard that allows you to fast travel around the region. Yeah. He saw your battle. He was very impressed. He gives you a shard and is like, if you ever want to join the circus... 
Yeah, drop me a line. I look forward to seeing more of your dazzling performances exactly. at the rest of our side shows. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to recruit you a little bit. And as you move forward, so you've gotten two, three gyms at this point. You come out of the forest. There is a small town that we talked about where they grow lots of flowers. Mm. Erica Fields. This is where you would encounter for the first time one of the Elite Four members, Fleur. Mm. This is the first time you'd encounter one in Pokemon North. The yes. last time you'd encounter one of the four in Pokemon South. Yes. You'll have a little battle with them where they'll use like one low-level Pokemon, after which they'll end yeah. up giving you their respective elemental shard. Yes. But they are all tied to a specific location. Erica Fields is where you meet Fleur. She's just kind of hanging out. Traveling further north, you come to Kurtzton, and then you come to... And then you'll come to the outskirts of Cosmo Lake, which is going to be our Victory Road area. And there you would meet Lily. And she'll battle you and talk about how this is the Victory Road area, and you can't quite go this way yet, so you have to come back and try another time. And that encounter is basically the same on either side of the lake. The, Whichever side because, you reach Victory Road yeah, at. There's a, a route running around it, so you'll encounter Lily when you first enter that route, and she'll have to send you back after you've battled her and everything. Then you to come back once you've defeated all the gyms. Yeah, so instead you try to go over the bridge. But Team Astro has set up like a little circus on the middle of the bridge. Yeah, they're blocking your way. Stopping all of the foot traffic through mm -hmm. there. You cannot get through. Their tents are in the way. I think this is where you find Bridget. Yeah, Bridget, on the bridge. Bridget's doing some kind of strong woman performance on the bridge. Yeah, she's standing on the bridge lifting heavy things. She's lifting an entire Snorlax over her head. <laughs> And you end up having to take a route around. Fortunately, <laughs> she drops the Snorlax and it's in the way of the road. <laughs> <sighs> Classic. Sorry. Point is, you meet one of the Astrolite Circus admins and you have to find a different way around. Yeah. At which point, you get a ticket. Yeah. Actually, I think Lily gives you the ticket. Sure. I think I think when you encounter Lily, she's... it could be that Lily's just here with you. Like maybe she's she could have escorted you from Victory Road towards this bridge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then while she's there, she's like, "Oh goodness me, this route's blocked too." I guess you'll have to take the other way around. That's okay. It'll take you directly to the gym. And she gives you a ticket mm -hmm. to take the boat up to Asdale. Yeah. And that boat is Captain Pegg's gym. Yeah. That's the next gym. That encounter is basically the same if you're traveling down south and you're traveling from Asdale down to Kurtzton. From there, you could continue heading north to the balloon fields. Mm -hmm. Or you could head over towards the ghost town. Clay Valley. Both of which you would meet someone from Team Astro. One of which is where you'll encounter Ian and the other one is Gus. I think Gus is probably at the balloon fields. He could be in a balloon basket that way. Yeah, that's fun. Ian can be getting spooked by ghosts. And that's, that's good because he's a slight specialist of psychic type and go speed psychic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent. That's a really fun place to encounter him. Yeah. He's been sent there to see if it's worth buying out the town and turning it into an amusement park. Some kind of tourist trap. Yeah, but he is not having a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun because both of these characters are characters that have a turnaround. Mm -hmm. For Ian in particular, he's the one that we have decided takes over. Yeah, becomes um, the new ringleader. He's one that you end up rooting for. Like, introducing him as being terrified and overwhelmed by <laughs> a thing that he's not very good at is very humanizing. And you're already kind of rooting for him because he's afraid. You know, you, mm. can't, you can't help it. I'm imagining Ian being very similar to Darius from the Owl House, the head of the Abomination Coven. Yes! Who acts 
a bit like a smug jerk at first, and plot twist, he's actually a good guy. Yeah. Ian is genuinely on board with Asta's evil plans at first, mm -hmm. but has a change of heart, yeah. whereas Darius was pretty much always against it, but otherwise very similar. And look, I can see him looking pretty similar too. That's a pretty... That's he, a good Darius look. has a very magician-y kind of look. That's a good look. <laughs> if you're traveling north by this point, you've encountered all of the admins at least once. Did we talk about what was happening at the, the balloons? Not specifically. Okay. What's happening at the balloons? Again, I think they're just trying to take over the balloon festival. It's another sure. entertainment venue. They want it to be the Astrolite Balloon Festival. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to brand it. Yeah. They put a bunch of their own balloons yeah. in they're, the air. They're trying to get everyone to put their logos and insignia on all the balloons and associate it with the circus. There's probably a tent pitched in the fields as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just bringing everyone down. Well, <laughs> everyone... some people some people are probably into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess when you talk to people in the crowd, it's kind of like mixed. Some yeah. people are like, oh, I love that the circus is here. And then yeah. some people are like, oh, man, this, this has gotten really commercial. I really wish that the circus wasn't here. Yeah, it was more I think... fun when it was like for hobbyists. Because I think the general public perception of the Astrolite Circus, for the most part, is positive. Yeah. They haven't seen its seedy underbelly as yeah. much as the player yeah. has. And then I guess encounters sort of slow down a little bit. But then you keep going and you collect your final couple shards. You meet the rest of the Elite Four. You yes. You meet Kinemi at the Surgeport Dam. And you meet Cole at the Ulsea Ironworks. Mm -hmm. You've pretty much fully explored Ulsea at this point. You're about to head towards Victory Road. But then you hear some rumblings from some characters. Maybe Pyro shows up at this point and mm. it tells you that something is going down in the Laventon Forest. Mm. And so you fly back to the Laventon Forest and you encounter Ian leading a group of grunts again. They've encountered and they're capturing Spookum. And you'll have encountered cryptic fields by this point, right. even if you haven't explored them. Actually, the first time you meet Lily, she shouldn't give you the elemental shard. She just gives you the, the, ticket, the ticket and you encounter and battle her and everything because that one's what enables you to use the cryptic fields and we want those to be saved till a bit later. Right. Until at least this point in the game, really. Yeah, so after you've gotten all of your... Maybe she straight up gives it to you when you're battling her at the Elite Four. Sure. As a... Yeah. So I guess it's like post-game, post-game. It's after you battle her before you go and battle the champion. You defeat her and it's like when a gym leader would give you a badge which okay. essentially this is what the elemental shards are so it's almost like she's giving you this as a mark that you've defeated the elite four right but then you go and fight the champion okay speaking of the champion the champion's missing right now she's busy no we've encountered her by this point definitely yeah, I think, where, where do you think we're, we're meeting her I think you meet her briefly when you meet Porter okay. I think you have a little encounter there but also she's going to show up now she's also heard these rumors of what Team Astro's up to and wants to stop them so you've met her and you've probably also met her in passing a couple times Cynthia you meet a bunch of times and just have brief conversations with I was, her. I was picturing her a bit like Cynthia. Yeah. That's the case for most champions nowadays is the thing. Yeah. Like most champions do appear throughout the story. Small encounters where it's nothing huge. She's just kind of there and You helpful. meet her and talk to her and get to know her a bit and she knows you. So by this point it's like okay she's shown up to help you fight and yeah this is the champion helping you fight Team Astro who have captured and you watch them capture Spookum, a legendary Pokemon. Yeah. And it becomes apparent that they're not being very kind to it. I think you go on a bit of a, a hunt. Maybe you and and Astor, I think, split up the tents. And mm. you have to go in and take on three of the tents. Yeah. More battles with admins. Maybe one of the battles here is against Gus, and you help him change his mind as to what's going on. One of the battles can be against either Harlan or Carter. Mm. I think here, you can battle three different admins. It's three in Pokemon North and the other three in Pokemon South. So that like you that get a, a chance lot. to battle yeah. the different ones. Yeah, yeah. And finally, at the last one, because of course it's the last one, you're able to track down Spookum. And then, as you're battling to help save Spookum, that game's legendary Pokemon shows up to help save it. Yeah. And you, by this point, you'll have heard like stories about it and how yeah, it helps Pokemon yeah. and people and stuff. The kind of thing that you pick up, like if you talk to every NPC, mm -hmm. someone will have some dialogue talking about this creature. Maybe 
corner yeah. shares a yeah. bit of info about it. I imagine the place where you end up capturing your game's legendary is somewhere near the opposite game's starting town. Yeah. And then you have a big fight with Asta. Astrid confronts Asta and blah 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 blah. blah and you've taken down Team Astro. You did it. You defeated capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go and fight the Elite Four and become the champions. Ah! Wait, I thought you already fought the Elite Four. You said it was after you fought Lily. She gives it to you like a gym badge. Yeah, the animal's a shard. And you need the elemental shard to see the... Mmm, good point. So the way I was seeing it was you do go fight the Elite Four before this happens, mm. but before you can challenge the champion... It's interrupted, like black and white was. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's fun. And specifically because Astrid isn't there. She is already out looking for her uncle trying yes. to stop this. That's how you find it out. Lily tells you that stuff is going on. It's Lily who tells you what's going on, and I'm sorry, you can't battle the champion right now. She's not here. She's trying to stop her uncle from, you know, doing terrible things. Take this shard, you can go find him. So in yeah, and then you use the shard yeah. to find her. So in Pokemon Black and White, do you remember that climax at all? Nope. So you battle the Elite Four, and then before you can battle the champion, I think you go into the room and the champion was older. He's with N, and N has just defeated him, and then N's castle rises up from the ground. It's this big weird cutscene that, like, destroys parts of the environment, and then you have to battle N with the legendary Pokemon, and then get to show up. You have a sixth battle here. This is your final encounter with Team Plasma, and you defeat them at the Pokemon League, and you don't battle older than. Then the credits roll. If you want to battle Alder, the champion, and actually become champion of the Pokemon League, you then have to re-battle the Elite Four. I think the same is going to be true here. You have to re-battle the Elite uh, Four for the chance to fight yeah. a- Astrid. Because you got to do it all in one sitting. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how, how it goes. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. That's... And I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think that's the major plot of our game. Yeah. Defeat capitalism, save Bigfoot. Yeah. And so, like, there's, there's reoccurring themes about, you know, choosing your own path, and then there's fun things about your family, and then choosing mm-hmm. your own path despite family and then found family and all that kind of stuff. We haven't talked about it for a while, but choice is one of the major thematic elements of this game. Yeah. You are choosing which path you take the whole time. You're making lots of different choices. Even as you're exploring a given area, there are different ways to solve the puzzles and paths in that area. Yeah. Because again, you're choosing which ways you can travel to them. And it's not just put on the player character, but the majority of the NPCs Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Professors Fur and Fig who are making the choice about what their profession will be, what their mm -hmm. specialism as a professor will Mm -hmm. be. Your rival character one who chooses that they want to be good at battles, one who chooses that they want to be better at the contest type stuff. Yeah, the admins of the Astrolite Circus who are making a choice as to whether to stand up for what's right or to stay with Asta and just go for money. Everyone gets slightly different experiences depending on the game, depending on your choice. Yeah, yeah, it all sort of starts with what you choose. Yeah, I do really enjoy how that theme has woven itself so naturally through everything we've done with this game. Well, speaking of choice, I think it's time we offer you another choice for your party over in Who's That Pokemon? (laughs) Alex, what have you got for us today? You're laughing before you've even started talking. That's always a sign. Llama. A llama? A llama. He's supposed to be dead. (laughs) So it's a ghost type, yeah? No. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) It's not a ghost type, but it's supposed to be dead. So that's why you use the ghost type elemental shard on the llama. You could if you wanted. (laughs) Nickname your llama Kuzco. <laughs> well, Ghost obviously you nicknamed the obviously llama Kuzco. Obviously you nicknamed your llama Kuzco. That's going to be the most popular nickname for this Pokemon. Yeah. When I am in charge of making a Pokemon, mm-hmm. I prefer it when you give me something to narrow it down. Yeah. And so you had told me to try to come up with something that would be good as a pure normal type. You know what's normal? Just a llama. Yeah. Just a, just a normal llama. I'm picturing something between a Drafrig and a Mareep. Looks wise. 
is. I want it to have a stupid face. Yeah, like, okay. I want it to look like a complete idiot. Yeah. I want it to look like it's half asleep at all times <laughs> and barely aware of anything around it. Oh, I'm picturing it. It looks really dopey. It looks like Scooby Dumb. <laughs> it's probably blapping a lot of the time. <gasps> I'd love to have it blap. The thing that llamas do is that they spit. <laughs> They're kind of aggressive. Alpacas are sweet, gentle creatures who aren't mean, but llamas are kind of mean. Mm. So maybe it's a little bit more alpaca then than llama. Yeah. It can be kind of both. I think it'll kind of be both. Like They're I think it's, it's going to be kind of fluffy and, and round like an alpaca, <laughs> but a little dopey like a llama. Not I that want... alpacas aren't dopey. Yeah, that's fair. I want it to have little teeth that kind of stick out of its yeah. mouth. Maybe like big teeth actually. Oh, it could do the thing with one ear sticking up and one ear sticking out to the side. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, they tend to have these little tufts of hair on the top of their head. What if you can't even see its eyes? What if hair in front of eyes? It can do the thing that many Pokemon do where when it animates you can sometimes see the eyes. I yeah, think. I love a no eyes, can't see eyes. Or maybe just tiny bit of eye underneath. Yeah. Is this an evolutionary Pokemon? Is there a baby llama? That's the thing. What is a baby llama? It's just a llama but smaller. Yeah, but that's a lot of Pokemon. That's true. If it is multiple stages, I think it's only two. It could go from something more alpaca-y to something more llama-y. So like rounder, softer, mm. more cutesy. Yeah. So it starts as, you know, soft baby alpaca and then becomes into more of a big grumpy dope llama. I still want it to be stupid. Yeah. Even when it's angry and whatnot. Yeah, that's, I don't mean angry. I mean Aggressive. like from adorable cute child mm. to bored teenager. <laughs> Is 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 okay. what what I am trying to convey? Okay, like grumpy in the sense of the hairs over mm. eyes. He's like, oh, nah. it's an emo llama. Nah, llamimo. Sticking sticking his tongues out like nah, this is lame. Limo, <laughs> lamo, lamimo. You having fun? Yeah. <laughs> Colors. Yeah. Most llamas that you see that are bred for wool tend to have lighter fur, mm. either like white or a sort of very light brown, because those colors are easier to dye. So that's what we've bred into llamas, but llamas come in black, brown, all kinds of colors. Yeah. I feel like they often have ears that are different colors from the rest of them. Normal types tend to be beige. Yeah, brown and beige are like the most common normal type yeah. colors, for sure. So it doesn't seem out of place for it to be a creamy brown No, not at all. kind That's... of colored llama with darker ears to mm -hmm. give it some points Character. of interest. Yeah. As for making it unique and stand out a bit, you were thinking about that. It doesn't necessarily have to. It's allowed to just be kind of a generic Pokemon. The kind of thing that could potentially show up almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. The first five generations had a lot more pure normal types than they do these days. They've yeah. toned that down a lot because they've realized it's bland. <laughs> it's normal. Generation six only had two pure normal types. Mm -hmm. Furfru, where the unique thing there was the haircuts to it. Yeah. And Bunnelby, which evolved into a normal ground type. And that, sure. that was that game's Ratata clone. Yeah. But the unique thing for it was it has a second type. Yeah. Generation eight just had Squovic, Greedent, Wooloo, and Dubwool. And there's nothing particularly unique about those. The, They're just normal animals. The unique thing about Wulu is it cute. It cute. And if we just make sure that we make this llama delightful. Then that's good enough. Yeah. What if there's a bit of a color change when it evolves? It probably starts out a bit of a lighter color. Yeah. Maybe yeah, more like yeah. a, potentially even just a white or perhaps like a bit of a pale cream sort of color. Thinking cream or maybe even a very, very light pink. Oh. I want this thing to be cute. Yeah. I think cream, pink maybe is the shiny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A light cream and then a more sort of pastel pink no for the evolution oh um it starts out a very light creamy color mm -hmm. and then becomes more of a brown yeah more like a beige a caramel okay yeah like a warmer tone yeah okay yeah yeah honestly these are pretty basic concept pokemon they're normal type they're not supposed to be the most out there wacky wild things like yeah, and yeah. that's okay yeah 
Because here's the thing as well. People love llamas. Yeah. Because of the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> because people are going to get to catch the thing and call it Kuzco. Yeah. That's the hook for it. Oh, especially if it's a sassy, grumpy teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Let's name some llama alpacas. Okay. How about llama alpaca? Lampaca. Yeah, there's something there with the double L. It's got to have that double L. I think we've got to try and find a name that works to start with the double L. Is there something with lamba? Lamba. Like a lamb? If it's the baby. Yeah, that's what I mean. What's a, what's a baby? llama called if it's not a lamb then what are they even doing baby llamas and alpacas are called crias c-r-i-a-s that's a word the word is spanish more generally it's a spanish word for suckling or litter (laughs) also it sounds like cry like crying but we're not going for that vibe we're not going for it for being a cry baby no we're going for it being a silly stupid baby a cute baby yeah l-l-a-m-b-a lamba lamba like a llama like a lamb i don't hate it pokemon is somehow never use the word lamb in a Pokemon name. Huh. What if its fur looks like it's knit like a sweater? Are you talking about for either stage in particular? Either. Well, let me let me take that sweater and instead of a sweater, it's a poncho. Poncho. Al poncho. Al poncho. Al poncho. See, I was trying to get the word knit. I don't know what I was going to do with it, but <laughs> I like al poncho for the larger one. If it were an E, it would just sound like a el poncho. But al poncho. Yeah, and then we just shape its fur in its wool a bit like a poncho. Yeah. What if I take that lamb pun name from before and just make it a little bit cuter and go lamby. Lamby. And then it's also a bit like baby. It is like baby. Llama, lamb, baby. Lamby. Lamby. Still with a double L, obviously. Yeah. Lamby that evolves into al poncho. Al poncho. And lamby can also be a bit scruffier. Al poncho can be a bit neater and a bit more well-groomed. Yes, yes. Lamby and al poncho. So abilities. Abilities. This gets easy because it's just the same kind of abilities that sheep Pokemon have. Yes, there there were a bunch of abilities I've been thinking about this whole time yeah. that fit. A lot of furry things. Have you picked up enough to think of any? Big coat? You're combining a few <laughs> there. That's okay. <laughs> I'm really bad at these. You're combining thick fat with fur coat. That's what it was, fur coat. Yeah, fur coat was introduced as a Pokemon signature ability. Do you know what Pokemon? Furfru. It was Furfru's signature ability. There's also the similar Fluffy on Stuffle, Beware, Wooloo, and Dubwool. Fluffy takes half damage from moves that make contact, but double damage from fire type moves, whereas fur coat just simply doubles the defense stat. So what we could do is Fluffy on Lambi, which then grows up and becomes better as fur coat. I like that. Which is a bit neat. And I like that. Another one that fits with the whole kind of an idiot vibe we've been going for, especially in the expression, would be oblivious, which protects it from being infatuated or falling for taunts. It's not like great, but flavorfully, it's like yeah. unaware of what's going on. Or unaware is another ability where when attacking, it ignores the stat changes of the defending Pokemon. So if they've boosted their defense, this Pokemon doesn't care. That's cool. Yeah, we could even go with both of those potentially. Unaware seems like a hidden ability. Sure. Yeah, did you want to go with? with Oblivious as well for the other main ability or do you want something capturing another element of flavor? The only other thing that came to mind was spitting. That's more of a move kind of thing though. Yeah, like maybe it gets water gun. It gets water gun. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Yeah, no, the... Oblivious. Oblivious. Yeah. For both of them? Yeah, they're both oblivious. Yeah. The baby can have some fluffies in front of its eyes, too, I think. Yeah. Not completely covering, because I want to have big... Oh, yeah. Alpacas have these big, round, cute eyes. Mm-hmm. Cute llama babies! A llama He's supposed to be guy stone. <laughs> Stone. 
So today we have talked through the plots of Pokemon North and South and laid out all the major encounters with Team Astro and spelled out the encounters with the gym leaders and the Elite Four and all the big plot points throughout the games. In the general order in which you play the game. And also we made a Pokemon. We made two Pokemon, an evolution line of Lambi, a little baby. A soft fuzzy alpaca. Stupid little alpaca baby. Head empty alpaca. <laughs> that uh, evolves into still stupid, still head empty, but grumpier. You're not my real dad. <laughs> more of a moody teen llama. Yeah. Al Poncho. I just realized Lambi has more of a llama name. Yeah. And Al Poncho has more of an alpaca name. <laughs> uh-huh. But they're switched. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Doesn't even slightly it, Oh, no, matter. it doesn't matter at all. I just think it's neat. So thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. Cult Classics. And Home Viewing. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And don't forget to check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network Community Discord. Link in the description. And if you have anything you'd like to share with us, share it with us. But until next time, gotta, gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. So, here's what you missed on Loser Like Me. A musical TV show called Glee aired for six seasons, and Christina and Tanner decided to rewatch the whole thing. It's really wild. Anything goes on this show. The whole conflict is about a cheerleading coach trying to destroy a Glee club. But it's also about finding your true self and being special. Well, their teacher's a cuck, and I'm pretty sure his degree fell off the back of a truck. There's lots of yelling about good representation from the show and the two of us. And I don't think the writers are always sure what show they're even writing. Yeah. Tanner gets passionate about Kurt. Christina gets really upset about incorrect use of Spanish. Look, it happens. And so many interesting characters don't get the screen time they deserve. Like Tina, Ari, Mike, So if you Mercedes, want to hear what was going on beyond just Bethany, the singing and the dancing, Matt, check out Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we find the best parts of this show and hold nothing back talking about the worst ones. You can find us on whatever podcast provider you use. Or on Twitter at Loser Like Me Pod. And, and that's, that's what, what you missed, missed on Glee! Glee.